Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, joined today by Tom DeAngelis, Rick Hackman, and Todd Payton, as well from Stewardship and Mission of Faith. How are you guys doing? Good, Rob. Good, How are Rob. you? All right. Good to be here. It's good to be here. It's always good to, to gather and break open God's Word. So for those of you who have joined us before, welcome back. For those of you who are new to Reflections from the Heart, and it's very simple. It's, it's a gospel reflection. All right. So uh, we're going to break open the Word, break open the gospel that we will hear this coming Sunday. And this gospel comes from John, the Gospel of John, chapter 6. 37 to 40, so if you're able to get a Bible, and go grab your Bible now, and, uh, and you can read along with us. Uh, but before we do that, Todd, can you open us up in prayer and invite the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Thank in you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Oh, God, our Father, we're thankful for this day and for the gift of life and for the gift of time to be here together, uh, to move about in your kingdom, to draw close to you and to learn today, and that you will instruct our hearts and our minds um, with all that you would want for us. So we, we thank you for all that we have today, and we invite in the Holy Spirit today to come and fill our hearts and, and be here with us, and uh, as we spend time in your Word, God, it is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and so we, we pray for that insight, that knowledge, that blessing, um, new ground that we could possibly gain today in the time we spend in your word. So we pray for all these things today. We pray for our listening audience that they're blessed also through this time and that the Holy Spirit touches them in the most perfect way in God's will. And we pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Todd. Uh, Rick, can you read the gospel for us? Absolutely. Thank you. The Gospel today is from the book of John, chapter 6, verses 37 through 40. Jesus said to the crowds, Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will not reject anyone who comes to me, because I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks, Rick. The, uh, the wor two words that jump out at me, and Todd, it, it just brings, us back, brings me back to a visit we had recently at a school. The two words are sees and believes. Mm -hmm. And we were talking to the kids about the virtue of hope, right? We were talking to the kids about the, vir the virtue of hope, and then you shared with them faith, hope, and love, and what, what St. Paul says, and the greatest of these is love, and how that when we're in heaven, we don't need faith anymore, we don't need hope anymore, right? Because we're, we're, we are where we want to be, we are right. seeing what we never saw before, and, and we are where we hoped to be, so love remains. 
And then I read this, and I'm just thinking, wow, how awesome is God that faith is seeing when we don't believe, but then Jesus says that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life. So it just made me think, wow, how often do I see Jesus every day? How often do I see Jesus, and how often do I miss seeing him, right? And and, and the people that I encounter, and in the beautiful creation that's around me, and, and what I or others might call coincidence, you know, things that happen during the day, that God loves us so much that, yeah, sure, faith is seeing and, and you know, and, and what, believing in what we don't see, um, but he loves us so much that he leaves his fingerprints everywhere, um, and we see. And then when we see, then it, it increases our belief. You know, when you see someone do a, an extraordinary act of kindness or an extraordinary um, you know, act of heroism, that's, we're seeing Jesus. Right, and then it helps increase our belief and, and firm up our belief. What a gift! Well, and and last week when we spent time with Claudio, you know, we saw Jesus in him, right, and and how how that touched us and how that impacted our lives. And so we were uh, just reflecting back on the time where we saw Jesus that day with him. And and I, you know what what grabbed me here too is I'm, I was looking at the the verses. It's John chapter six. 37 through 40. So those of us who are Catholic, um, our heart kind of beats an extra beat when we get close to John chapter 6 in these verses because of this discourse on the bread of life and and the, 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 the clear teaching on the Eucharist that's about to come in a few verses, right? Just in a, in a couple more. And so I'm thinking this, wow, he who sees the Son and believes, you know, how many times at Mass are we looking right at him in the Eucharist? And do we really believe that? Do we really believe what's about to happen, what we're about to partake in? And so all of the wonderful things that, that we can say we see Jesus in, in nature and in other people, and those are all true, and that's, and that's all so good. Uh, but I think we could also take time to, to contemplate on the idea that we are literally seeing him uh, in the Eucharist every day if we choose to, and certainly on Sundays. And, and believe in him may have eternal life, because I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, later on in John chapter 6, it says, for those who eat my flesh and drink my blood will have eternal life. Yes. Right? So there's some, there's some very similar words given out here in this reading, and then again very shortly. Uh, so uh, that was one of the first things that jumped out to me today, Rob, as you talked about seeing the Son of God and believing. And Todd, you, you mentioned Claudio. So for those of you who listened last week, we had Claudio, our Brazilian friend, on with Father George uh, doing the the interpretation for us. Um, so if you missed it, it's on, it's, it's on the archives, right, Rick? Isn't it on the archives uh, of, uh, on stewardshipmission.org? So you can, you can take, a, take a listen to that. Um, but it, what, what, a, what a gift. So we saw, we saw Jesus in Claudio for sure. So thank you for uh, helping us reminisce there, Todd. And the one thing that I noticed most about Claudio is that his, his behavior matched his belief. Mm. Right and and you know he claimed Jesus as his Lord and Savior and he lived a Eucharistic life and to see him praying and to see him at Mass um, he truly believed that that he was receiving Jesus body blessed soul and divinity and his behavior matched that belief you know with no arms and legs that you know arms and legs that don't work a head that's that's backwards uh, he lived a joy he lived a joy that. Um, that I don't, I don't know if I've encountered before. So the question I asked myself and I wrote down here as we're reflecting was, does my, does my behavior match 
my stated belief. And at first I said, does it match my belief? And then I inserted the word stated because if, it's truly, if I truly believe it, then my behavior will. Right? If I truly believe that it's Jesus' body, blood, and soul, and divinity, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to, to be with Jesus in the most intimate way that, that I can be at Mass and in adoration, the way that he decided to stay with us until the end of time. Because uh, I know at one point in my life I was visiting adoration on a regular basis, and then I, just, I stopped. Now I, come, I go more sporadically. Uh, so I need, this, this, is good, this is a good checkup time for me. Yeah, I think one thing that hit me when you were talking about Claudio and then um, also talking about seeing the Son and believing in him, uh, you know, and St. Augustine talks about seeing with the mind's eye, you know, so when we look at Claudio, we're not seeing Christ, but we're seeing Christ through Claudio. And I thought it was really interesting that um, I talked to the to the woman uh, just yesterday, actually, that uh, put us in touch with uh, one of the organizations that Claudio spoke at, and she said that the men were so touched by his um, his witness that they just wanted to go up and touch him. They just wanted to hug him or touch him or, you know, kind of be around him. And I thought they saw something in him that, you know, that other people see and, you know, the Jesus in him. And she even compared it to, uh, she said it was just like when we read in the Gospels where Jesus walked through town and people just wanted to touch his garment. They just wanted to be you know, touch the hem of his garment because they knew it would make a difference. They knew it would heal him. And uh, but I think, too, you know, bring up, you bring up the Eucharist, and I think that's a really important aspect of our faith, too, because, you know, our, the doctrine of our faith is that, uh, you know, the, Jesus is present under the appearance of, of bread and wine, so the appearance never changes. It's always bread and wine to appearances. But from before, you know, the consecration until after the consecration— we see a difference. We see the words that Jesus left to us, the words that, you know, we hear the words that the priest um, says. We know that that's different, but we see that, the, that it's still bread and wine. But I think one of the things that I'm most touched by is, uh, you know, years ago, our, our pastor, when, we get, when he first came to our parish, I noticed how carefully he used to, he used to give out, you know, the Eucharist, he was, it was almost like he was saying by his body language, this is really precious. When I put this in your hand, when I put this on your tongue, this is really who we think it is. And uh, just little things like that that come through that help us to see what, you know, beyond the appearances to what's really there, the reality that's really there. And that's where the belief comes from. I think when we're able to see like that, that's the, that's the belief and the seeing are actually, actually come together at the same time. So. Barb, we have a pastor who, um, when he holds up the bread, the host, and most, I think most times when you see a, a priest do that, there's a, a kind of an average amount of time that they hold it up. Mm-hmm. Our pastor, about the time that even you are in the pews ready to move on to the next thing, he's still holding that up there and still looking at it. And yeah. you can, you just know there's something going on uh, up there, and he just waits. And and he and he later shared that that he, anybody or anyone who he can think of that he's specifically praying for, or he is he's he's rattling not rattling but going through all of these lives that he's involved with, and he's thinking as Jesus is coming into the presence right there, he's praying for all those people, and he just holds it up there until he's done. Right or until he he senses that that's occurring or that he feels you know or believes whatever's happening. It's the same thing with the cup, 
And it's amazing how quiet and how everybody's just kind of moving through the rhythm, rhythm of the mass. And then when that happens, it, it even just goes to a whole nother level. And, and you said too how it's under time. You said how it's under the appearance of bread and wine. And that's true for, gosh, I don't know, 90, 99.9% of the time. But every once in a while, we even get a glimpse right through Eucharistic miracles mm-hmm. of how, how, what it really is. You know, we, we, we get that look over the centuries. The church has these Eucharistic miracles that they present to the faithful that God in his kindness and in his mercy, uh, whether he's uh, helping to convert a, a priest that doesn't believe or some other event throughout history, we do actually get a, a glimpse sometimes into what's really happening up there um, in, in the appearance of whether it's a bleeding host, whether the, the wine turns into true blood right before our eyes, or, or some other type of miracle that, that we do actually get a glimpse of that. So that, that's also a great blessing. Yeah, and, and, and it brings that last statement home, that whoever sees the Son and believes. Mm. Uh, and there's a, a ministry that, that we had some contact with, uh, and, and they, they're... Uh, their presentation, their invitation is through Eucharistic miracles. And, uh, and I remember him asking, why did Jesus perform miracles? So that they would believe, mm. so that they would believe. And, uh, and he hasn't stopped. Right? He loves us so much that he's allowing these things to happen, uh, that he's just calling all the kids home. He's just calling everybody home. It's, uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Another thought, uh, looking at the gospel this week, it, it, it was amazing to me to picture how Jesus would be there talking to the crowds and how he emptied himself in a way where he says, everything the Father gives will come to me and I will not reject anyone who comes to me. He's, he's like this incredible place where the Father comes and gives to him and all of the people come. He's like this incredible We've heard the terms before, this, this bridge, this, this gap. He fills the gap. He, he is the place where the Father comes to us and the people go to Jesus. And, and, and through Jesus, we can get to the Father. You know, there was that great fall and that great separation right back in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. And there was this, this all of a sudden, this chasm put between us and God the Father. And here in this reading, you see that Jesus fills that gap. He fills that chasm. And all of a sudden, everything that the Father wants and gives comes down to Jesus. We step into and believe and love Jesus, and we step into his heart, into his sacred heart. And, and, and then all of a sudden, we're reconnected to God the Father. And that just really jumped out at me this time because he says, I will not reject anyone who comes to me because I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of the one who sent me. And I just had this vision of him emptying himself out. And all he's filled up with is the will of the Father and then all the needs of the people. And that's what Jesus is doing. That, that, that's what he allows to fill himself up with is the will of the Father and the needs of the people. What an incredible Savior we have. What an incredible Savior we have. And, and the thing that, uh, that I recall from um, previous discussions of this gospel reflection is this, this idea that um, you know, this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should lose nothing um, that of what he gave me. But then he goes on to say, because he's talking there kind of in, um, you know, kind of in general. Uh, and then he goes on to say, this is not, first he says, this is the will of the one who sent me. Then he says, right after that, this is the will of the Father. And he goes on to elaborate that. 
everyone who sees the Son and believes in him, as we just talked about, may have eternal life, and I shall raise him up on the last day. And the echoes of that with the, you know, the further discourse on the Eucharist as we go further, I think, you know, you pointed him out, Todd, or, or you know, uh, uh, just a second ago. I think the thing that's most, imp- you know, that kind of hits me the most about that is this whole idea of the will of God, which he says, the one who sent me, and then he says, my father. But the will of God is, is, is love. The will of God is, is this total, you know, self-sacrifice, this self-giving. And so he says, he, he basically says here, um, you know, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And that in doing that, in giving yourself totally and completely and unreservedly, you're basically doing the Father's will. And that's what Jesus calls us to, not only by his words, but by his example. And I also sometimes reflect on how puzzling this must have been to the apostles who didn't have the benefit that we have of knowing how the story ends, you know, knowing how the rest of the story goes with, you know, the crucifixion and the resurrection. But just the, the whole idea that, you know, that Jesus came to, you know, to, to teach us this. And then first he says, he says it in words, and then he shows us what it means to, to do that uh, and leaves us the Eucharist as a way for us to participate in the reality of what he's done, the sacrifice that he's made. So, hmm. but you're, and you're right, Todd, is he's an is awesome God that we have and, and, you know, an awesome son that, that he sent to us. Amen. And if, if we can just take a, a, a left turn, a little turn off of the gospel and just, uh, just share a little bit about what's coming up. You know, we're speaking today. It's, uh, it's, uh, October 31st, right? Halloween. And, um, uh, you know, the, the, the world kind of robbed the meaning of truly All Hallows' Eve, right? The Eve of All Saints' Day. So we have uh, All Saints' Day, which will be Saturday, and then uh, Sunday, this reading, November 2nd, even though we might not hear this mentioned at Mass, because Sundays you know, usually trump everything, right? Um, but All Souls' Day. So do you guys have any saints that—two uh, questions. One is, do you have any saints that have been, been really present in your life uh, lately or, or in the past— and uh, how do you remember the holy souls? Hmm. You want to take that one, Tom, first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a saint that's been very present to me uh, in the last, I would say, 10 or 12 years has been St. Catherine of Siena. And she just kind of appeared out of the blue to me. I was looking for a saint to... I usually try to enlist the assistance of a saint when I start on a new project, and I got involved with a, with a school board, and I really didn't know. You know, I was kind of casting around. I thought maybe St. Francis of Assisi, maybe St. Anthony, you know, were two of my favorite saints. Um, but uh, St. Catherine of Siena kept coming up, and I kept thinking, you know, why, Lord? I mean, I don't really even know her that well, but... Uh, I did know that she was responsible for bringing the Pope back from Avignon, France, to Rome, and that um, at, at the time she was alive, she was probably considered to be the most powerful person, not just woman, in the Church. And uh, so I figured for what I needed to do and the work that I was being called to, that she was the right person, and it turned out that she was. So she's been kind of very close to me. And I think it's not, it's partly through her intercession also that I eventually got involved with the Dominicans as a third order Dominican because she was a third order Dominican. A lot of times you see mm. pictures of her and she's got a look what looks like a habit, but she was actually a third order Dominican, a secular Dominican. And she uh, 
is the patron of that of that order of okay. the Dominicans. So. I didn't know that. Yeah. Thank you. Now, is there anything about her life or her spirituality that that struck you when you started digging in about her life? Well, then I, uh, of course, after I, you know, uh, this was put on my heart, then I started to read her dialogues, and she just had an incredible relationship with God. I mean, to the point where God spoke through her, uh, and she didn't couldn't write, so she had secretaries that would take down her dialogues and would write mm-hmm. them, uh, write them out. So, but there, there's an incredible openness and a tenderness in the words of God that come through her, and uh, so. Um, there, it just, the relationship grew over the years, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't kind of know her that well. And then, you know, th- things started to happen and I started to dig into her background a little bit more. So awesome. thanks, but, for, uh, thanks for sharing. Just a very powerful saint that, you know, if you have things that are going, you know, that are, that are difficulties, pr- particularly in relationships or, you know, political type things, she's a very powerful saint, very, very powerful intercession. So. St. Catherine of Siena, pray for us. Pray for us. us. How about you, Todd? Uh, Boy, several come to mind. You know, I I think one of the one of the quickest ones comes to mind is St. Padre Pio, and um, how it was often said: for as active as he was on earth, he was going to be even more busy up in heaven, right, on our behalf, uh, interceding and and playing whatever role that that God would have would have for him up there. And so many different stories in our organization. You know, our spiritual director, Monsignor John Essif, and his relationship with Padre Pio, and really the life of Christ that he lived, uh, praying and hoping his, 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 as a young priest that I just want to live the most Christ-like life I could possibly have. And then, of course, being given the gift of the stigmata, um, what that meant for him and his followers, and the spiritual gifts of reading people's souls and bilocation and... Uh, healing and all the different things that he did on earth while living a suffering life. Um, so that just just an incredible testimony. I'm sure so many of our listeners are aware of him. So that, that, that that's an obvious one. Um, Saint Raphael, who is an angel, an archangel, whose name means the medicine of God. Uh, so many of us know maybe Gabriel or Michael. For me, Raphael's been been very powerful in my life. And uh, with with a growing devotion to the Sacred Heart, you know Saint Saint Margaret Mary, mm. uh, and and all of the insight she was given into the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and taking that walk, uh, there's this unique gateway to the Heart of Jesus, which is the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and then going through that gateway into the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And I just ran across a devotion recently where, once in the Sacred Heart of Jesus, there's there's actually chambers of Jesus' heart, and in each chamber, uh, God deals with you. He, he helps you to grow in virtue. He helps you to see some of your own shortcomings. They're just constantly growing deeper and deeper until finally it's been described as that fifth chamber of Jesus' heart is that gateway to God the Father, which we spoke about today in the Gospel, uh, which is where your will has almost finally become one with the will of God the Father, and it's through the heart of Jesus. And so I've just come across that recently, and it's reminded me of, of the original devotion to Sacred Heart and, and all that that's meant for so many of us. So. And Todd, if, if we take a moment to look at the second reading for this Sunday, it's Romans 5, 5 to 11, and it starts off, Brothers and sisters, hope does not disappoint. Brothers and sisters, hope does not disappoint. So what's going on in your life right now? Uh, you know, those of us in the room, those of us, you know, those of you who are listening, hope does not disappoint. 
you're having troubles at home with your relationships, with your spouses, your kids, your you know, coworkers, hope does not disappoint. You've been given a, you know, a diagnosis that you just totally, you know, were hit out of left field. Hope does not disappoint. And, and was, Padre Pio would say, you know, pray always, don't worry. You know, like there was a, a line that he had that was really powerful. Um, uh, and look at the next line. I mean, the the next right after that, because the love of God has been poured into our hearts, mm. which is what Todd was yeah. just talking about. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, we spoke uh, about the virtues, right, and how these virtues have been true from the beginning. And, and, of, and of those virtues, the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, and so regardless of our own emotional up and down, regardless of what's happening and what our feelings are from moment to moment, and regardless of what the culture is doing from any, any age to another, the idea of hope never ends. Uh, the idea of faith never ends, and of course the idea of love never ends. So there's, it's so comforting to know that there's truth out there that doesn't change with, with whatever we're going through, you know, that, that it's there. Uh, so the virtue of hope is, is a great thing to focus yeah. on today. And whether it's you know, hope or faith or love, it all really starts with surrender. And uh, another word for that is, is abandonment. And there's a beautiful prayer in our Stewardship Prayer Book called the Prayer of Abandonment. Uh, so you can order the prayer books uh, by visiting us online or giving us a call. And uh, why don't we try something different today? Tom, if you could lead us, um, and we'll repeat. So just kind of lead us in this prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to abandon ourselves to, to God right now. And if those of you who are listening, if you're in a position to close your eyes, obviously if you're driving, don't do that. Uh, but whether your eyes are open or closed and you want to join us in this prayer, Tom will lead us through this and we'll, Todd and I, we'll repeat. And then you can repeat with us and, and you're praying this prayer, abandoning, surrendering all to God. Prayer of abandonment. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Father, I abandon myself, myself into, into your, your hands. hands. Do with me what you will. Do with, do with me, me what, what you will. will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. Whatever, Whatever you may do, I thank you. I'm ready for all. I accept all. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. Let, Let only your will, your will be done, done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself. To surrender myself into your hands without reserve. To surrender myself into your hands without reserve. And with boundless confidence. And with boundless confidence. For you are my Father. For you are my Father. Amen. 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 God bless you all. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.